Thank you for listening to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. We've got episode number 46 for you today. Bob and I are sitting down with University of Oxford professor Kieran Clark to discuss the science of ketone esters. You'll learn why and how the supplemental form of ketone esters provide many health and athletic performance benefits. You'll get to understand Professor Clark's background in this area of research and how she became a pioneer in ketone ester experiments and that realm of research. You'll also better understand what these ketone esters are and the key differences between all of the products that are out there on the market. There's a huge difference between ketone salts and esters, medium chain triglycerides, all of these things that are being marketed. So Before you go out and spend your money, be sure to tune into this episode to understand what ketone esters are, how they can benefit you, and when and why you may use them. So thank you to Professor Kieran Clark for joining us on this episode number 46. And before we get to the show, wanted to mention that this episode is brought to you by the Nourish Circle Program, which is a 16-week nutrition and lifestyle program designed for peri and postmenopausal athletes. The program starts on October 30th, 2022, but the registration has opened now. So if you're interested in learning more, head over to nutritionmechanic.com, go to the services link and you'll see an option to get to the Nourish Circle program to find out more. So thank you for being here, everyone. Now, please enjoy episode 46. Hey there, welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. My name is Bob C. Bahar here with my partner in podcasting, Pip, Dina Griffin. Dina, how are you this morning? Good day to you, Bob. I am doing so great. And you know what? You know well that I am a big coffee lover. Huge coffee lover. Today and actually for the last few weeks off and on, I won't say it's been every day, but I've been putting a little something special in my coffee that we're going to talk about today. What's that something special? I know. Uh, Well, (laughs) I'll just put it right out there and then we have to get to our super amazing guest promptly, but ketone esters that I've been using from the Delta G company, Uh, Bob, pretty incredible, this compound that we we can benefit in so many ways from. So I'm super excited. I know you've been tinkering around too with the ketone esters. So let's get into our topic. This is probably um, one of our most special guests we've ever had on our podcast. So Professor Clark, we are so honored, so incredibly honored to have you on our discussion today, on our episode. Oh my gosh. Just so welcome. Thank you for taking the time. You're across the pond over uh, in, in England, correct? Yes. I'm in yes. Oxford. That's Oxford. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and thank you so much. And this is, this is phenomenal. And really quickly, you know, Dina alluded to her trying Delta G, the ketone esters a few times. I've, I actually did a, a week, ex- actually it's continuing now because I love them so much, but I did a week experiment where a uh, seven day experiment where I, for five days, I consumed decaffeinated coffee, but I put five grams of key, of Delta G ketone ester in there. 
And I'm not a coffeeaholic, but I can, you know, I drink it, but I wanted to just tease out how I felt without the caffeine, but with the ketone ester esters, and it was nothing short of amazing. And then I took two days of not consuming coffee or the ketone esters. And those were not good days. Those, those were some rough days. I just want to say that. So <laughs> anyway, uh, we will do a separate intro and, and you have so many amazing, amazing accolades and you've, you've done so much in your career. We will intro that and we'll put in our show notes and everything. I just, as I was talking to Catalina, when we got on too, I want to thank you because I've, I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I just want to thank you for actually doing that first research study. I forgot what year it was, but I remember hearing you say you didn't want to do it. It was like, okay, I'll do this. I'll get, I'll get, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just politely decline this. This person will, will kind of just ease up a little bit, but the findings that you had were, were pretty amazing. And that's kind of where we are with the whole ketones, ketone esters, correct? I mean, it all started in, again, I forgot what year that was, but can you kind of give us just that short brief, what happened there? Well, it, it happened many years ago in 1993 where oh, okay. we were visited uh, in Oxford by yeah. Richard Veach, Dr. Richard Veach. Yeah. And he wanted us to do an experiment on ketones. And I actually knew nothing very much about ketones. Yeah. Uh, except that, you know, you had them when you were, had diabetes. That was all right. I knew. Yeah. And, uh, so and he had actually worked in Oxford before I came there uh, on ketones, and so you know, sort of, it's the home of ketones, really. Yeah. And so and so, anyway, uh, at the time I was a lot younger, and I yeah. thought he was a really old man, and I was trying to get rid of him. <laughs> and he's younger I than I am now. So <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I was just thinking, this old fogey, I'll just get rid of him. I'll do the experiment. <laughs> Because he's not going to go away until I've done it. And mm -hmm. I'm about, you know, one of the few people in the world who could do MR spectroscopy at the time. Right, right. And so we did the experiment. It was, and MR spectroscopy is amazing. So you get the results immediately. So, okay. so you can see on a screen what is happening. Right. Oh. And, and so, you know, as, as we were doing these, these experiments, you could just see the yeah. effect of the ketones on the heart. Wow. And it just increased the energy levels. Yeah. And, and we were amazed. And and so we just continued. So that yeah. led to the FACET paper. And okay. then we continued with the ketone research. Yeah. And then 10 years later, there was a, a call from DARPA. Mm -hmm. uh, and they wanted us to find something to feed them the um soldiers in a battle soldiers right and that was the time of the iraq war yeah and the soldiers were throwing out all of their m you know the mre part mm -hmm. that they didn't like which is probably yeah. most of it right and and um and and just putting in ammunition and then by day three they you know they couldn't think and they were out in the middle of a battlefield mm -hmm. and you know they were just shooting each other most oh gosh <laughs> and, and so they so the you know darpa really wanted to find something to, yeah. to stop this happening right right so that it's it's amazing that that one research study that you did not want to do 
has mm -hmm. really escalated not only our knowledge, but our understanding a little bit more about the science um, and of ketones. Because again, I think to your point, I think a lot of individuals associate ketones with diabetes or, I mean, obviously it's, it's in the, in the press a lot more these days. Can you, let, let's back up really quick for our listeners, because maybe some people don't know what, what just very basically, what are ketones and what are the different ketones that are produced in the body? Okay. So ketones are very small molecule, molecules. They've got four carbons mm -hmm. and um, they, they because they're so small, they can be metabolized really very quickly. Yeah. And, and they're the way, and they're made from fat in the liver. So mm -hmm. liver it's sort of when you haven't eaten um, or when you're fasting when you know you, you don't have to go long without food before you start producing ketones and it's from the breakdown of fat so mm. so the, the fat breaks down when insulin and glucose gets low in mm -hmm. the or lower you know down to fasting levels and um so fat is mobilized goes to the liver and produces very small molecules and it's a way of really keeping the brain going um, okay. so the brain needs either glucose or ketones mm -hmm. and can't use fat. And so it's, it's just a way of keeping the brain going when you haven't eaten basically. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And what are the different types of ketones that, that are produced? Well, they're not really ketones, but anyway, okay. we okay. call them ketones or ketone okay. bodies. And, yeah. and so what, what we produce is some, uh, the, the first one is called beta hydroxybutyrate. Okay. And then that that goes up to about six millimolar when you're fasting for a long mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. uh, and then you you also produce acetoacetate, mm -hmm. and they're linked by um, beta hydroxybutyrate dehydrogenase, okay. so they they're linked together. And then acetoacetate goes up to about one millimolar when you're fasting, so okay. it doesn't go up that high. And then you have acetone, and that's just formed from the breakdown. Of mm. of acetoacetate, and mm, so mm. and that's not used for energy or for any anything except terrible breath or breath. Oh, right, smells like nail polish remover. You know, yeah. And that and even though that you can buy an acetone meter, it doesn't really tell you very much except mm. that you've got ketones. You know. Yeah. So when see. when people are measuring their ketones, they're measuring is it the beta hydroxybutyrate? Yes. So okay. if they're using the finger prick, you know, mm -hmm. a drop of blood, mm -hmm. that's beta hydroxybutyrate. Okay. And it's the one that, that is produced in the liver. Mm -hmm. And gotcha. then Professor Clark, can you direct us then, um, since you've just been talking a bit about the endogenous ketone bodies or uh, molecules, can you mm -hmm. then talk about some of the exogenous? So those that we're finding now or that even Delta G is, is producing, like, are there differences or what is the source? Uh, and I'm sure that's a big question because there are some other products and things out on the market, but just as far as the ones that we're finding external from the body and introducing through liquid forms yeah. or other. Yeah, sources. basically, um, well, the endogenous ones are the ones that are produced in the liver. When you, when you haven't eaten or you're fasting or you're on a ketogenic diet. So the exogenous ones um, started with the, our ketone ester. So, okay. so that was the first one. 
um, and it and our ester forms beta hydroxybutyrate, the one that is produced in the body, in the liver, in the mm-hmm. body, in the human body. So it's it's one isomer. Mm-hmm. So then you can find salt. So the ketone has to come. So we've got we've made an ester of beta hydroxybutyrate. You know the the form of beta hydroxybutyrate and butane dial, which turns into beta hydroxybutyrate in the liver. Mm-hmm. So so we've got this molecule that's joined by an oxygen, mm-hmm. and that and we did that because we have lots of esterases in the body, and uh, especially in the gut. And so these esterate, and we have esterate esters in our food, mm-hmm. and that the esterases are there for. So, so, and all through the body, you can break down beta hydroxy uh, this ester. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that we didn't want to introduce either a salt or an acid form of beta hydroxybutyrate, because to get levels that are up around six millimolar, we worked out that you would have so much salt that you would get kidney failure uh, and yeah, trying to excrete it all right or or you would have so much acid you wouldn't have a stomach left mm-hmm. and so you know and so while you can buy salts and you can buy and even the acid the levels that you get of beta hydroxybutyrate are not much more or in fact are not even as um, as high as if you've been fasting Mm-hmm. so you know that and you also get quite a bit of sodium and potassium and calcium and magnesium mm-hmm. along with these salts you know with the the beta hydroxybutyrate so they're not in not exactly healthy and mm-hmm. they're not good for your for your you know kidneys but you know they're yeah. cheap yeah so that's interesting because there are, as you know, there are quite a few of those on the market. And I think that's really what sparked, I, you know, in, in my mind, at least that's what sparked the exogenous ketone use by individuals, because a lot of these were com- com- companies were coming out. And when I, I did notice that it was, it, it was bound to a lot of sodium, like a lot yeah. of sodium. Mm-hmm. And my message for athletes at the time was, I think we need to watch this. Like we didn't, just from the sodium intake, right? I think that was really, really important to understand. And, and athletes continue to do this, but I think that's a great message in saying that these could be at those levels, they they could have detrimental health uh, consequences, mm. basically, right? Mm. There, you mentioned you mentioned forms. I and I and I read this somewhere. Is there a difference? And know there's a difference, but what is the difference between the D isoform and the L isoform? Well, the D isoform is the one that is formed in the liver. So, in the liver. so okay. in our bodies we have lots of isomers, right. and you know, lactate is an isomer, and and right. we don't have the other one. And quite often, uh, the other isomer is either not found or it's produced by bugs in the gut or something like that, okay. and it's not good for the human body. Mm. And so nobody's really studied the L isoform, so okay. the left right. or the levo isoform. Right. And and um, so and many of the salts, most of the salts, mm-hmm. if they're cheap, they're coming as the as as the the racemate. So they've got both D and L forms. Oh interesting. And, and so that's why you have to you almost have to have twice well you do have to have twice as much to get okay. a level that you get with the ester. 
Okay. But but I must say that the salts people came to us oh, in, you know, in let's say the mid 2015-ish, and they knew that we had Nesta, but it was so expensive mm. that they they weren't going to take it on. Right. So, you know, in 2015, we we were producing it at $2,000 a kilogram. Wow. Wow. And so there was no <laughs> way that yeah. anybody, any commercial person was going to take this one on. Right, so they right. decided to go for the salts and they knew that they had, you know, a mix, so the racemate, but they, yeah. they didn't care, you know, it was yeah. cheap and, you know, so so we went through all of the uh, things that you have to do to go into humans and you know talking to yeah. the FDA and all that sort of stuff yeah and and then they just put the salts on the market <laughs> so do, do you think i mean obviously there's there's obviously some some financial gain to that right and or starting companies and with products and everything but do you think that is harmful to end consumers just knowing that th there are both those isoforms number one but there is a lot of salt in it, a lot of sodium do you think that's almost i don't want to say misleading at all but do you think there's some danger to that if consumers do take a lot of the salt I, I think that the the salts um if you had enough salt to mm -hmm. to raise your ketone levels very high yeah you yeah. would be really quite ill okay, okay. And so it would yeah. make you sick the salt will right. make you sick. And right. so I think, you know, I mean, who knows? I, you wouldn't want to have it. Most, I I imagine most people drinking the salts are young. So their yeah. kidneys are good. Mm. So they're not going right. to, they haven't got hypertension yet. Right. And so I imagine, you know, and then they probably don't drink that much. Right. So, you know, if, and some of the, some of the salts come in, you know, it's capsules. So mm -hmm. they're, <laughs> they're they just getting such yeah. a little bit that, you oh know. Oh, my gosh. And then, of yeah. course, the raspberry ketones are a total sham. I, I remember mean, those, yeah. We, we don't metabolize, and they cost a fortune. Oh. Just terrible. Anyway. Yeah. Do you, do you find, so some of our listeners have actually talked to us before and some of them will monitor their ketones, right? They'll take, they'll, uh -huh. they'll prick their finger. Do you, is there a certain level of ketones that you recommend to, to have the optimal effect? Like, is there, I've heard a range, but what, what is the clinical range that, that you recommend in terms of looking at that? I think if you're exercising, uh -huh. you know, I mean, uh, endurance exercise, not, not right. sprinting. Right. So if you're, if you're, you know, running a marathon or something, you really need to get your ketones above two millimolar okay. and keep them below three and a half millimolar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And have carbs at the same time. Ah, uh, yeah. We're going to, so, we're going to jump into that one for sure. Cause yeah. there's a lot of confusion, isn't there? There, there yeah. is, but yeah. for sedentary people, you don't need that much. Mm. Okay. So, so if you're if you're taking um, drinking for sleep or something like that, right. you don't need any more than ten mils okay. um, of the pure, right. um, or, you know, or or even five to ten mils depending on your body weight. Oh, okay. But um, you know, if you're sedentary, you really don't need all that much. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Okay. I wondered if there is could... a. Bob, uh, if we could go back a little bit, Professor Clark, yeah. with the forms that you were talking about, um, just 
I mean, it sounds clearly that the form matters when we're talking about exogenous ketones, Mm -hmm. but just for some of the listeners who are wondering about MCTs or Mm -hmm. caprylic Mm -hmm. acid, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned the butane dial and that's in a few other of the products out there. Could you highlight or speak to, to that a little bit more, Professor Clark, before we go into more of the um, other applications in science? Yeah. So, so the MCTs or medium chain triglycerides Mm -hmm. are, are sort of reproducing what you do in the body anyway. So they're, they're a fat, uh, but, you know, sort of, a, but they're only C8. So mm-hmm. uh, caprylic acid is C8. So it's got, mm-hmm. it just has to be broken into in the liver. Um, and then you've got, you know, two beta hydroxybutyrates, as it were, okay. which is fine, except that the MCTs can have in greater, uh, in an amounts to raise your ketone levels to, you know, say two or three millimolar, you're going to be running to the loo. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's going to have terrible effects on your tummy. Mm-hmm. And um, so people are restricted in the amount that they can actually drink. I mean, there are some people with cast iron stomachs right. and they can take enough. But to really raise your ketone levels, you, you know, you've got to take a lot. Yeah. Okay. which is it's a bit sad because they're cheap yeah and and they do produce the right isomer and everything right yeah and you know and it's how the body produces them it's just the your stomach doesn't like them yeah you know? severe severe gi distress in some people yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, right. and yet as you were mentioning they are everywhere i mean literally in the u.s i mean you you can't go anywhere without seeing some type of mct you know be it the c8 the C10 and 12 are really important. And what listeners, when I say C, that's just the carbons on the, on the molecule mm-hmm. itself or on the unit itself. So interesting. Okay. That's, that's good. So obviously a huge difference between MCTs and ketone esters just in the digestive response mm-hmm. and production, I guess, if you will, the, the end result, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, you, yeah. you talked about, I can't remember where I heard this. I think it was on one of your podcasts or a lecture that I was listening to, but you talked about ketones as an energy source versus a signaling mechanism. Mm-hmm. Can you discuss the differences between that? Right. The yeah. differences are in that the molecule itself is used as an energy source in the mitochondria. Okay. And so it has calories, you know, mm. it has cal- just like glucose has calories and right. has m- slightly more calories than glucose per gram. Okay. So it has calories and that means it can be burnt in the mitochondria mm-hmm. at, for, as a fuel, but it, it also acts in, in the adipose tissue, in fat tissue on a receptor. Mm. And the, it, the receptor is the, is the one that B3, vitamin B3 acts on. So it's the B3 receptor, but it's Mm. the natural receptor. So the ketone receptor in the adipose tissue has the same effect as B3 and lowers fatty acids in the body. So it's a way that the ketones control their own production. Mm. So the the ketones go to the adipose tissue, act on the receptor, and lower fatty acids, but they also have other effects as well, which may be through the lowering of the fatty acids. Mm. It, and 
it's via the lowering of the fatty acids that it also lowers glucose because the rest, the body needs energy. And so right. it's going to take up whatever is available. Yeah. And yeah. so if it's, you know, and it'll take up ketones, it'll take up glucose and it'll take up fat. Right. And so if you lower the fat, then it'll switch to glucose or ketones, whatever's okay. there. Right. So, so it also signals as well through mm. the, through the B3 receptor. Okay. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people really understand that. That's actually a really, really interesting fact about ketones for sure. Oh, but you have to remember that everything we eat controls other things. So right. glucose has its own receptor and mm -hmm. fatty acids have their own receptors mm -hmm. and they all control themselves and they control each other. Ah. So they all interact. Yes. So a lot of interaction in the cells, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the body. Yeah. yeah it's fantastic. Sure. Oh, yeah. absolutely. We are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We are yeah. pretty amazing. <laughs> speaking of speaking of food and signaling and everything along those lines, Professor Clark. So what about um those who are thinking of the ketogenic diet for maybe, you know, the, the many benefits that have been touted versus using exogenous ketones and not manipulating their mm -hmm. dietary pattern so much. Would you say, uh, I guess, of course, it depends on the individual and, and their health status and what they're looking for, for health outcomes, but could you speak to the maybe the benefits or is there a need? Can we get similar benefits with exogenous ketones without having to follow a long-term ketogenic diet? Um, well, I, the reason that we actually um, invented the ketone ester was to try and replace um, a, the ketogenic diet, mainly because oh. the ketogenic diet is not a balanced diet. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and so many people... Um, they they say they're on a ketogenic diet and they they raise their ketone levels a little bit, you know, around one millimolar or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're really on a healthy diet, so they they say, oh, but I eat vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think's in vegetables? But yeah. anyway, um, so so you know that sort of diet is actually a very healthy diet. <laughs> so so they they're getting all the vitamins and minerals they need. Mm -hmm. However, if they're on a real ketogenic diet, which is the one that they use for children with epilepsy and things mm -hmm. like that, so where they really cannot have any carbs, then it's very unbalanced and, mm -hmm. and you need to, to take vitamins and minerals and other things, but you never really balance it properly. Right. And so, so I think um, if, you're, if you're, and that's what we were hoping to replace because the, keto, uh, the ketone ester lowers both fat and glucose levels mm -hmm. and so the exogenous ketone can lower them both mm -hmm. and that we are hoping will help with epilepsy or or you know seizures and things like that um but it i think people on a healthy ketogenic diet you know a healthy one where they have where they, where they have yeah. carbs um uh, is fine i think i think it helps them it helps them stabilize their their um, their fat and their um, glucose levels, mm -hmm. so it sort of means that they don't really have any oscillations at all mm -hmm. when they add it to that diet. Um, and but 
and also, I mean, I think the ketogenic diet is wonderful for people to lose weight Mm -hmm. if they can't lose it any other way because it stops them feeling hungry because Mm -hmm. of the ketones. Right. So, so, you know, I think losing weight is more important than a a balanced diet in that situation. Right. Um, And, and also I think for type two diabetes, Mm. you know, really basically type two diabetes or even type one, you just cut out the sugar. I mean, I I hate sugar. I I mean, (laughs) you know, it's just, I mean, the sugar, the white stuff that you put in coffee and stuff. Yeah. Can I, you just, you just mentioned something and I wanted to ask you this later, but, but since you hit, you brought up diabetes, is there, are there any ramifications or negative, negative consequences for type one for people with type one diabetes to use ketone esters? I, I think if somebody has type one diabetes, if they're, if they're producing ketones, they shouldn't drink the ester. They don't want to take them up any further. Right. Um, Right. However, if somebody with type one diabetes say has too much insulin and they Mm -hmm. look as though they're a you know, they're about to go into a coma, Mm -hmm. then they should be drinking, they should take the ketones. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the ketones are produced by the body in type one diabetes as a try and rescue mechanism. Gotcha. You you see, it's, they're trying to, to um, rescue the body because it's out of control. It hasn't got any insulin to control anything. Right. Right. Okay. So that, in that case, it would be fairly beneficial. It, it, yeah. I mean, okay. but so is glucose beneficial. Right. Right. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but they could in fact have the ketone if, if they're, you know, eating something, mm-hmm. they could have the ketone and it would help um, okay. sort of without, you know, the oscillations. Right. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. So speaking of, so going, going back to the, the non-diabetic uh, individual, so the, let's just say a quote unquote healthy athlete, should we, should we, we meaning everyone, should we be monitoring our blood ketones? Should we be monitoring our blood sugar? Um, you know, and, and that could be for healthy purposes, for metabolic conditions, those seeking weight loss. Like what is your take on monitoring like, like blood, you know, blood analysis of ketones and blood glucose? I think that it I think that people should know what they're mm-hmm. doing. I mean, I sound like a biohacker, but but basically yeah. <laughs> I think people people should know what they're doing uh, yeah. to their bodies and should try and understand it. They mm-hmm. you know, they shouldn't just take anything because somebody said so. I think mm-hmm. that you know, it's it's really important to understand mm-hmm. how your body works. Right. And so even in, I mean, you don't have to do the bloods sort of, you know, 10 times a day or anything. Yeah. You just have to know what levels you'll get, you know, a half an hour and an hour after mm. drinking the drink. And then mm-hmm. you've got it. I mean, it's going to be the same every time under the same yeah. conditions. Yeah. And so basically you don't have to walk around with shredded fingers right. you know, from right. the finger pricks. But um, I, I think that people should know what they're doing and and should be interested so absolutely yeah and and also i think um athletes who drink tons and tons of um sugary drinks um you know really should be very careful because Mm -hmm. first well first of all they're going to get rot their teeth 
And secondly, <laughs> that um, they're going to wear out their poor pancreatic beta cells. Yes. You know, and then they'll turn into type one without even going through type two. Yeah. They'll just, yeah. They'll just run those pancreatic beta cells into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really helpful what you just said too. I, I, um, with trying the ketone esters in my coffee and just prolonging my eating window a bit here in my little experimental phase. And I have the precision extra glucometer so I can test Mm -hmm. my blood ketone level and just seeing, so to your point, kind of doing some of this data monitoring and collecting for our own selves and then tying that to how we feel. So for example, my waking ketone level was not, not that high. I mean, I think it was 0.3 or something millimoles. And then after ingesting the ketone esters and waiting, uh, I think it was almost an hour. I mean, it went up um, almost to one millimole Mm -hmm. and just, Mm -hmm. but then the important piece here and something we talk a lot about on the pod is like, well, what is it I felt Mm -hmm. and kind of marrying these things, um, you know, luckily that was a very positive outcome that day that I was actually looking at this closely. So just to your point and just validating, at least from my little bit of experimentation thus far, tying the objective and the subjective, Mm -hmm. and then knowing, oh, okay, if this is something repeated, here are the benefits that I will have in these conditions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's super helpful for all of us. And then learning our own individual responses Uh, exactly yeah reinforce that thanks to our episode sponsor inside tracker created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics i've been using inside tracker biomarker testing with all of my athletes to help them manage their health nutrition and training adaptations i use it because inside tracker provides interpretation of biomarkers and puts the data into real life action by providing food and meal examples to help improve athletes health and nutrition each athlete has their own dashboard and can use the Inside Tracker resources to build better meals and snacks, manage nutrient deficiencies, and take a proactive approach to optimizing health, nutrition, and training. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash ISN podcast. That's insidetracker.com forward slash ISN podcast. I wonder, um, as we talk a little bit more about the athletes here listening, um, Professor Clark, you mentioned earlier about putting some carbohydrate or glucose with the ketone esters pre-exercise. Could you talk on that a little bit more? Why, why and what for? The glucose from the carbohydrate is metabolized by glycolysis and that produces pyruvate at the end of glycolysis and uh, when you have the ketone um, some of that pyruvate is directed sort of around the Krebs cycle as it were to oxaloacetate Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. need those carbons to be able to metabolize either fat or ketones so -hmm. it doesn't matter which one you're metabolizing because the ketones come as a four carbon molecule you need another two from somewhere and they're coming actually from glucose or mm. from, you know, through pyruvate and oxaloacetate. So you, and if you don't have it, you can't metabolize the ketones. So this mm. is why we say don't go above three and a half millimolar. Mm. 
So because it will completely inhibit glycolysis, the uh, ketone will, and it won't be able to. So you, then you don't have anything. And, uh, and boy, will you hit the wall? Yeah. <laughs> so pairing, pairing with carbohydrates seems to be extremely beneficial with ketone esters. And I know with Delta G, you guys have a different, a couple different products that um, some have flavoring and some don't, and, and they differ based on the, the amount of ketone esters also. Mm -hmm. Right. And specifically I've been using the coffee booster and I'm going to start playing a little bit more uh, with the, with the performance one soon, because that is the one that has the highest amount of ketone esters. Correct. Oh no, there's another one called tactical, tactical, tactical. That's mm -hmm. okay. So the, so the endurance one kind of that, that's the 25 grams, I believe. So the 25 grams of yes, the ketone performance has yeah. 25 grams Okay, and that has the flavoring. And so that was the first one oh, that okay. was, uh, and that was really for athletes. So that's for gotcha. exercise. So okay. Um, and that, and it has a little tiny bit of sugar so that it can be metabolized. Uh, okay. So it's sort of like saying, if you don't have any carbs with this, you're yeah. okay as it were. Yeah. Um, and mm. I was just going to say in that, so I'm, I'm that specific product, because I've seen in talking with Tim O'Donnell about this too, <clears throat> that's the one that's promoted to consume before and during exercise, but also with a carbohydrate source, correct? That yes. that's kind of what you were yes. just saying with that. Yes. So th this is what's going to happen with the listeners. They're going to say, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna purchase this. It sounds fantastic," and they're just going to have that bottle before exercise, and then maybe they get something crazy in their mind, and then during a bike ride or a run or whatever, then they're just going to consume it again, but no carbohydrates, right? Because this is how some listeners, some athletes think, right? Um, but but your what you're saying is it's much more effective, and I want to just reiterate and send this message it's much more effective to use ketone esters and this performance one with carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And, okay. and often people put it in with their other drink, you know, oh, so that okay. with, okay. yeah. So they mix it up beforehand, put it in their um, water bottle or whatever yeah, and just drink it um, and just drink it constantly. Yeah. I mean, not just once or twice, but whenever. So they're right. keeping their ketone levels, yeah. you know, at about, two i'd say yeah. all the way through right so and and that's probably a really good way to do yeah. it yeah so where you're not that, spiking up and down that brings up an interesting thing because you were talking about sugar earlier and now we're talking about carbohydrates obviously and the, like the white sugar the processed sugars this is interesting so because i know some listeners will ask well what should i put the ketone esters in should it be like in in your in your professional opinion, should it be more of a simple sugar-based carbohydrate? Should it be more of a kind of a slower release? Because we do have some products on the market that are, are carbohydrate-based, but they're slower release, they're starch-based. Like what is what is your take on that? Well, I must say, I really like the starch-based ones, the slower release okay. ones, because okay. the the glucose goes up and but not it doesn't spike up and go mm -hmm. down again. They, it just goes up and stays at a nice level of about, uh, let's say, six or seven millimolar. Right. And it, it's just this constant level of glucose. And that combined with the ketone, I think, is the perfect uh, solution. Okay. I mean, you just do not want to take a ton of, you know, of white sugar and, okay. you know, go up to 11 millimolar and then go down right. to three millimolar or whatever and, 
because yeah. your insulin sort of overreacts and yeah, yeah just don't do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So probably, and we don't have to name names of companies, but probably more on the starch slow release that, that would be kind of the perfect marriage with these mm-hmm. exogenous ketone esters. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is I there think. a time, is there a time frame? Cause I've heard you speak. I mean, we've been talking more endurance based, but is there like a certain minimal time frame? Like if I go for a 30 minute run or an hour run or a three hour run, like, is there a certain time frame where exogenous ketone esters will benefit more or I should or shouldn't use them? Oh, I, I think anything that takes longer than about 18 minutes will benefit. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. So Great. anything less than that, you know, it, it doesn't really help. Okay. Does it have to be continuous? So now I'm thinking of our athletes who may do uh, things like CrossFit or, you know, where there's some, there's kind of explosive, there's maybe a little bit of endurance and then there's rest breaks, but, but maybe the whole session is one to two hours. Would it still be beneficial there? Or is it more? Well, according to the, the CrossFit people? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've never done it myself. Yeah. yeah. I, they okay. say that it really helps. Uh, okay. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. And obviously this was, this was formulated or not formulated, but it's, it's used so much in the military also, which is, there is a lot of, of interaction of stop, go endurance, power, strength. I mean, everything, mm-hmm. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Professor Clark, what about dosing then if we're looking I guess we have different areas or different outcomes. I mean, we have performance as athletes, but along with performance comes the ability to, to focus and that cognitive level. Um, do you have, for those who are curious, like, well, if I'm just looking to perform my best, be super focused, is that a matter of experimentation to find that dose? Or have you found then with the way the products are formulated, it is the dose that is provided or do some athletes need maybe a little less or a little more. And then I was just wondering when you were commenting earlier about weight loss and that feeling of satiety that maybe supports energy Um, intake and and controlling appetite. Is that a different situation with dosing for ketone esters? Yes. I think all of, all of the above. So (laughs) courses for courses. Um, I think, I think that, uh, an athlete who's, um, let's say, um, a soccer match, and at the end where, you know, the end is where the mistakes are made mm. and they're losing cognitive function at that time. They're exhausted, absolutely exhausted, or at least I hope they are. And, mm. um, and so they can't think and then they can't, you know, they can't score. And so right. I think at that point that's when they need Diester, mm-hmm. so so that you know at half time they should be drinking ester, mm-hmm. um, and, and just to keep them going to the end, really basically, mm-hmm. um, and the same with the Tour de France. They should be you know the cyclists. When do they get their pile ups? They get their pile ups mostly at the end because mm-hmm. they're all they're they're exhausted, right. and so that's when they really need the ester. So to stop that, so that they can actually think and re- and react um, yeah. properly. Makes sense. Mm. I did what was your other question? Few... I forgot. Oh, oh yeah, the other question. I was just curious for weight loss or weight regulation, appetite control. How how we approach dosing of ketone esters 
for that? It depends on the person again. Mm. So Mm. somebody who is really strong and can go without breakfast and can do, you know, sort of intermittent fasting. Um, Mm. I think it really helps if, if you just have some in the morning and nothing to eat and just to stop, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling hungry. Mm -hmm. And, and then people have lost lots of weight just doing that, you know, the, Mm. the uh, intermittent fasting, you know, on for, I think it's on for eight and off for 16 or something Mm. hours. Um, And then, but if you, you know, uh, just having a drink, let's say a half an hour to an hour before a meal will make you feel full or fuller. Mm-hmm. So so people um, people mix up feeling hungry with appetite. Mm. So so and you know you're hungry when you just eat anything. It doesn't matter what it is, you just yeah. have to eat something. Whereas appetite is when you you don't feel that you really need to eat at all. But you walk mm. into a room and there's a lovely chocolate cake and and suddenly you've got an appetite for chocolate cake. Yes, yes. And so that's appetite and it's mm. not hunger and there's a difference. Mm. So what the Delta G does is stop. It's not going to stop you eating that chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. It's just not. You're going to eat it anyway. No matter how much Delta G you've had, yeah. you'll eat the chocolate cake. Yes. However, and unless you're worried about money, of course, but yeah. <laughs> um, but if you, uh, you know, if you're hungry and you have the Delta G, then it will stop that hunger, or mm-hmm. or, or well, it may not stop it, but it'll certainly uh, decrease it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are there regarding dosing? Are there any differences, or have you done any experiments yet regarding the aging process? Like, do we know, are there different doses as we, as we go through, as we get a little bit older? We haven't done any aging ones. Okay. So we, we've certainly done a range of studies between, you know, the ages of 18 and, you know, 75 or something. Okay. okay. And so, that you know, so there's no real aging ones, except yeah. that anecdotally, sort of when somebody's come on and uh, come to us and said, you know, my 95-year-old mother, you know, mm-hmm. is, you know, getting a bit ditzy or something. Yeah. And they really report that it helps. Mm. So um, um, my mother, for example, mm-hmm. had 10 meals a day regularly every yeah. morning. And it wasn't because I was her daughter. Yeah. It was because she, <laughs> because at morning tea time, she would always have her 10 meals of Delta G. And she said oh. It just made her feel wonderful. And it, it also helped with her asthma oh, as well. Interesting. So it's an anti-inflammatory. So, yeah. it, you know, so that she just didn't get asthma attacks when she was drinking it. Interesting. You, you just brought up something that's going to, I'm going to go down a different path real quick and then I'll come back. But So Delta G ketone ester is an anti-inflammatory, correct? Mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So would there be other times? I mean, I'm just wondering too, would there be, I mean, it sounds like for athletes using Delta G ketone ester makes sense for a lot of different reasons, but now if they're like in a high training load phase, um, mm-hmm. putting in a lot of hours and whatever sport they're doing, it probably, would it make sense? This is my question. Would it make sense to dose repeatedly throughout the day 
or just maybe start with one time in the morning with like five or 10 milligrams? Like what, what would your take be on that in a high training load? It depends on the training. Um, You know, it depends on, you know, how hard they're pushing themselves. Okay. Um, But if they're going day after day after day, it would be be probably better to use it for recovery. Oh, okay. So uh, basically um, uh, while the ketone ester doesn't um, increase protein synthesis, Mm -hmm. it decreases protein degradation. Oh, interesting. And so any damage and damage, well, inflammation, Mm -hmm. anything like that will be helped with the ketone ester. So there are, there's actually a study showing that it, you know, it decreases overtraining in athletes. No kidding. Yeah. So, so now we're discussing really the nutrient timing window and, and where ketone esters can belong very successfully and can be used very successfully before, during, and after certain exercising. Mm, mm, mm. Very yes. fascinating. Okay. Okay. But, okay but so back in, to, oh, go yeah, ahead. I was going to say in training, you know, I don't, I'm not convinced that you really need it in training unless you're really going to hurt yourself. Okay. Um, okay. You know, because you're not really, unless you're really, really, really pushing it. Right. Um, you know, I'm not convinced. Although, other, you know, elite athletes do disagree with me. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, um, but certainly for recovery and okay. for sleep after training. So, oh, okay. so um, we've always recommended that Tour de France uh, riders yeah. have it before sleep. Hmm. Because it does decrease the pain. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. interesting. Let me let me so circle good. back before because I know Dina wants to ask this question, but real quick, because I, Doctor Professor Clark, I work a lot with young athletes, and by young I mean high school and collegiate. And you mm-hmm. did mention that you have the, the range of age that are in some of your studies are, are they go down to eighteen years old. Do you have any messaging regarding the use of ketone esters for young athletes? No, um, I mean, it, the, the ketone ester has been um, recommended for anybody, so the general okay. population. Oh, okay. So, but we haven't done any exercise performance studies in right. very young athletes. Right. Okay. okay. So at, at the moment, I think we've we've studied people who are 17, for example, 17 okay. years. And then yeah. I think um, anecdotally we've, uh, gone down to 12 okay um, but okay. we've also used um had children on it as well mm. but not for exercise right right but how about cognitive functioning were you looking at that marker at all in that uh, age category no not at all no okay i was oh, just thinking like no. with, with in school they're in classes taking exams i just want because a lot of young athletes will look for that let's just quote unquote air quote edge right so a lot of them go to energy drinks and they go to caffeine. And I'm just wondering if these ketone esters may be much a much more safe uh, opportunity for them to have maybe better cognitive functioning throughout the day. I think that unless they're under real stress, they wouldn't notice the difference. Okay. You know, I, okay. I just think, um, so however, when they're under stress, then mm-hmm. they will notice a difference. 
So people doing exams, for example, will notice right. a difference. Right. But if they're just sitting in class, you know, getting really bored, yeah. Then, yeah. then they're not going to notice it, gotcha. you know, and it's just a waste of money, really. Yeah. I mean, they've got yeah. plenty of glucose. Um, so, so I think, again, it's horses for courses, you know, just depends yeah. on what is happening. Right. Um, yeah. But, okay. But I... I do think that under stress, and I do think that, for example, uh, traumatic brain injury. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, eventually what I predict will happen is yeah. when children play sport, especially team sport where they can mm -hmm. get hurt and right. head injuries, they will be given Delta G before they run onto the field. Oh, okay. And I think okay. that just in case, yes, just in yes. case they get hurt and then they've got some on board. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Speaking of brain and all the thing, aging and professor Clark, I'm thinking of our women listeners. Uh, there are a number of clinical research studies on ketone esters, which is wonderful. We'll put a link to the Delta G site where all the studies are listed, but I was going through those recently. I see a number of studies on, um, rodent models, a lot of studies on male, male people. <laughs> I was wondering though, if you can update us. Uh, men, they call, they call men. Men, yeah. <laughs> male people. Where are we with uh, maybe getting some research looking at gender differences or the effect? I, I'm just thinking as a yeah. uh, menopausal woman the effect of ketone esters to help with the menopause transition where we know the decline in estrogen levels there's a lot of effects on the brain and systemically so i just wondered if you could touch on that it is interesting i um so in for example when we we did a, um, a study of 28 days three 25 mil drinks a day for 28 days and a range of so so a range of uh, ages yeah. and a range of i mean and half men half women mm -hmm. and basically we didn't see any difference whatsoever between the men and the mm -hmm. women mm -hmm. um but that's not to say that it won't help with menopause mm -hmm. and in fact it's postmenopausal women who 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 you say that it helps them the most, hmm. actually. Hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised, but there are no studies, to my knowledge, on women that... Now, we have to remember that there are not many studies on women that age anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. right. In, any, in any field, you know, yes. people are just not interested in women post-menopause, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. they fade into the woodwork. Well, hopefully that is changing, but <laughs> yeah. I I will vote. Not for... in my time, it's not. <laughs> uh, little by little, I will hope. Yeah. yeah, I think still for all of the women listeners, especially yeah, post. Oh, I, I don't want to depress trying. anybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it is worth trying the ketone esters, of course, after looking at all of the other lifestyle interventions and things too, but I think this will be something that I'm eager to pay attention to here as mm. we go forward is mm. the use of, of exogenous ketones or the ketone esters in this 
population. So if anybody wants to run it, you know, they'd be <laughs> more than welcome. Yeah. It'd be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your insight. Uh, Professor Clark, I, I want to talk about one topic that Dina loves to talk about, and that's caffeine. So I have heard you on <clears throat> different podcasts and just, you know, discussing using Delta G ketone ester, like the coffee booster, right? Which is, which mm -hmm. is a, a lower dose, five milligrams to start your day. Is, is there, are we, are we at the point where we recommend that synergistic effect between caffeine and ketone esters or can it, you know, and I told you about my experiment with decaffeinated mm -hmm. coffee. Do, do ketone esters work better? Is there that synergistic relationship? What what is happening there from a scientific standpoint? Scientifically, uh, when you have caffeine, caffeine mm -hmm. stimulates the release of calcium. Mm -hmm. So that which is why you know your heart beats faster and everything else, and you know you feel as though you're really thinking clearly, and it's because you've released calcium, which uses energy. So they're called energy drinks, but they should be energy use drinks. Right, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the caffeine is making you use more energy. So you, uh, you know, you you're really fired up. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have the the ketone with it, you're feeding more energy in, and it's immediate mm -hmm. energy. So you don't have to process process fat or glucose or anything. It's just instant energy, okay. and it really is it is providing energy. Okay. So energy in and energy out. So you've got, you think of the little mitochondria, right. everything is, is sort of you're feeding into it. And mm -hmm. as the caffeine is using the ATP that's being produced. Mm. Okay. So that's how it works. D does it depend on the source of caffeine that Delta G is mixed with? Or like, can it, can it be coffee or green tea or yerba mate? Like, does it matter? No, that's I think caffeine I is caffeine is caffeine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Hopefully maybe there will be a, a dark chocolate bar or product that Delta G will make in the future. I think I, I, a lot of our listeners would be all over that one. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's a thought. Oh, I mean, chocolate, <laughs> chocolate with anything over here. Yeah. <laughs> the best of all worlds right there. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, gosh, uh, as we're starting to wrap up, Professor Clark, there was another question I was thinking of when you were mentioning the ketone salts earlier and some of the health concerns and, and even the MCTs with the, um, just how fast those metabolize and, and maybe needing to use, use the, the loo, as you, as you mentioned, uh, quickly thereafter are, do we have with ketone esters, are there any gastrointestinal concerns or health concerns that people would need to know about um, before experimenting with with the esters. I think as long as people remember that they taste absolutely appalling, <laughs> really terrible, oh. uh, um, and they're expecting that, and don't you know sort of um, don't expect too much, then I think there's no. I mean, we don't get any GI effects yeah. um, in mm -hmm. most most people, um, but but I think that um, you know people uh, who dilute it too much, mm -hmm. then they're getting a long, horrible tasting drink. <laughs> it's much better to get a very short, just get a horrible tasting drink. Yeah, it so gives a little shot. A little shot is yeah, is yeah. and and that's 
why the drinks come as only you know 65 mils or you know right. a couple of ounces yeah or even one ounce because you know you really don't want a long drink yeah yeah but but uh, as long as you remember that mm-hmm. then you don't have the gi effects and you don't think mm-hmm. somebody's trying to poison you mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. i i would support that because of course when when i when i got my delta g in the mail and the first thing I do, because I do, I always want to taste things for what they are first, because I want to experience that. And I did, I, I had a, a teaspoon of the coffee booster plain Ooh. by itself, smelled it first. I had to do it. You know, I, I'm not going to do it again, but I had to do it. Right. Cause I had to experience that. <laughs> um, it does taste much, much better coffee. And I, and I just have black coffee too. And, and I think mm-hmm. I've heard you say, you know, the bitterness of the, of the coffee and the kind of the bitterness of the ketone esters, they, they kind of, they work together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well, you're expecting the coffee to be bitter. Exactly. And, and therefore, and s- some people say that they think it improves their coffee. So goodness oh, knows okay. what coffee they're drinking. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gas station coffee. Yes. Well, who knows? Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to trying the performance during exercise. I just want to try that out. And, and mm-hmm. I will, I know the protocol is also trying it beforehand. So I'm going to put that to the test, but I'm really curious how now with our discussion, how I'm going to mix that into something I will probably, mm-hmm. um, you know, near and dear to Dean and I's heart is, is you can product. So I'm probably going to choose a, you can product to put in because it is a starch. It is slower release. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for those golden nuggets also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Is there anything that we did? didn't mention or that you want to add that we just we we didn't talk about yet uh you were going to ask me about butane dial oh yes 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 so there's a so there's a lot of products on the market right Mm -hmm. and this is why why it's so confusing for consumers so we talked about ketone esters delta g is the is the company that produces ketone esters and that's where our conversation has gone Uh, we talked about the ketone salts and how popular they are in just everywhere what what is because there is a product out there that contains r13 butane diol and i do not know what that is dina does not know what that is so we turn to our expert can you explain what this is because it is on a in a product that is on the shelves currently right so butane diol is an alcohol so so the all on the end gives it away an alcohol Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, we we have used it first, so so we looked into using it because it's metabolized in the liver to produce oh. beta hydroxybutyrate and acetoacetate. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so we looked into using the butane dial by itself and mm-hmm. decided not to because mm-hmm. um, it would be too much alcohol and b- because it would be um, not broken. I mean, it's not. An ester, but right. it, there's not the beta hydroxybutyrate end to the molecule. So mm-hmm. we wanted a way to feed beta hydroxybutyrate that wasn't a salt and wasn't an acid. Mm-hmm. So we attach it to a butane dial, which look, you know, it's, it's got four carbons, and and beta mm-hmm. hydroxybutyrate has four carbons. So the the ester has six, has eight carbons, four and four, but the butane dial is the one half of that molecule. Mm-hmm. And so that's the bit that goes to the liver and makes beta hydroxybutyrate and acetoacetate mm-hmm. in approximately the same amounts. So, mm-hmm. so basically, it, it's giving one to one rather than three to one. 
beta okay. hydroxybutyrate. Okay. And so I know some listeners will be thinking because they heard alcohol and everyone's ears perked up, right? Is it possible to consume too much of that R13 butane diol and, you know, become inebriated? Well, do you know? I have never done that myself. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't taste good. And okay. so, uh, you know, and so I'm not tempted, but yeah. but there is a, a company selling it as an alcohol, as a replacement oh. alcohol oh, for, interesting. for our ethanol. Oh. So selling it for that. Um, and they claim you can get drunk with it. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I, I just, you know. Wow. Anyway, I, you know, I am yeah. just leaving that one alone. I'm glad yeah, that's a whole that different discussion yeah. that yeah, yeah. didn't go down. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really interesting, though. Yeah, that'll be interesting just to follow that one. But okay, <laughs> thank thank you for giving us that that lesson also. And I think it's yes. important for our listeners to understand that. You know, if if you hear keto, I think when people hear ketone, they think ketogenic diet, but hopefully now they can understand the difference between esters and salts and butane diol and, and be a little bit more educated if if they do want to try these products. And obviously we know there's a ton of clinical research on ketone esters and we know why. And obviously you pioneered that whole movement. So we thank you for that because yes. um, it, it is nothing short of fantastic, at least um, with, with the Delta G product. And so thank you for your research and just your contribution to everything. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so we'd like to, me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, we like to finish with giving you a high five. It's a virtual high five, but with that really is just asking you five ending questions that are just kind of fun for mm-hmm. our listeners to kind of get to know Professor Clark a little bit more, if you wouldn't mind mm-hmm. us asking you those. Fine. Go ahead. Oh, yay. Dina, you want to start? Okay. Professor Clark, sunrises or sunsets? Sunsets. Oh, okay. Good. Good, good, good. Perfect. Okay. Second question. Do you have a typical morning routine upon waking? I do, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share that with us? Uh, Well, I pat the dog. Uh-huh. To stop him barking at the paper. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh so then I get up and make a cup of tea. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So that's so that's my routine. Get up, okay, pat the dog, make a cup of tea, get dressed. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, number three. What would be a favorite form or type of exercise that you like to participate in? Well, you've got to remember, I'm an old woman. So I love gardening. I love gardening. Fantastic. So, does your garden produce quite a few vegetables? Oh, Gosh, I don't do vegetables. They're too okay. cheap. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I do garden gardens. Oh, now. garden garden. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. perennial. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Terrific. So, yeah. On, on a Saturday morning, I just can't wait to get out into the garden. You know, oh, wow. it's like lovely. when you're a kid and you can't wait to get out to the, you know, to play outside. Yeah. Well, I can't yeah. wait to get out to the garden. Lovely. Oh. Love that. Love that. Yes. Okay. Professor Clark, number four, uh, I assume that you do use ketone esters throughout your day. Mm-hmm. How, how do you incorporate them? I use them if I, uh, if I'm doing something stressful, like, you know, oh. having 
um, a hard meeting or something like that. Okay. And I use, I always have it before bed. So I drink oh. 10 mils before bed for okay. sleep. Okay. Yeah. And it's the most fantastic sleep. Oh, that's oh. going to be my second, my third experiment with Delta G. Okay, perfect. A lot yeah. of experiments yeah. to run. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know. That's so cool to know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, our last question, Professor Clark. Uh, so we have a lot of athletes listening to this, and we tend to ask this question of all of our guests, but if you had one piece of advice that you could give to all of the athletes out there, what would that piece of advice be? Now that's a hard one. I think, I think to forget the idea, you know, that no pain, no gain is rubbish. Mm. Absolute rubbish. Mm. If you've got pain, stop. Mm. There you go. I like that, that message. That's that the is, one. That is yeah. One. I just think, I, you know, these people just push themselves and push themselves. Yeah. And they shouldn't. I mean, their body's telling them something. Yeah. To the Very breaking wise. point, really. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. a Thank great, you. a great ending message for sure. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Yes. It's just I hate well, pain myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of us do, but we yeah. we endure a little bit of it. But no, that's a it's a great message to not push beyond that that mm -hmm. pain threshold for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Professor Clark, we have been so honored to spend this this quality time with you. Um, we're going to put everything in the show notes regarding listeners where you can find all the clinical research studies at the Delta G website. Uh, a lot of information about Professor Clark. Uh, it, it just it, it's literally it has been such a, a joyful time to discuss this with you, and we do appreciate um, you enlightening us and providing this education for our listeners. So, mm -hmm. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time today. All right. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, I must say. Thank you. Thank you're so, you so You're much. so kind. Yes. <laughs> and listeners, uh, stay tuned because we will have a follow-up to this uh, podcast, to this episode with another member of the Delta G company, the T-Delta S company. And we're going to be talking more about the application. So dipping into what sport do you play or participate in and how do you use these ketone esters from Delta G? So thank you. Tune in to the, the next one and we appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Professor Kieran Clark from the Delta G Company. I know I learned a lot and be sure to go back and rewind that one, listen in to get all of the tips and that science that she was providing us. And you'll want to stay tuned for next week's episode when we meet with Brian McMahon from the Delta G Company to talk a little bit more about the application and use of ketone esters in daily use and for our training and exercise. Thank you to our episode sponsor, Inside Tracker, created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. And remember, for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Head over to insidetracker.com forward slash ISN podcast. If you'd like to support our podcast to help us continue to grow and have an array of nutrition experts, athlete interviews and updates on all things sports nutrition, please consider making a donation over on our website, insidesportsnutrition.com slash support. 
If you've got a sports nutrition question on your mind, send us an email over to hello at insidesportsnutrition.com and we'll cue that one up for our next Ask Us Anything episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review or one of those little heart thingies to let us know that you like the pod. We greatly appreciate that and be sure to share with your training partners, your friends and family, coaches, and so on. If you'd like more information about the nutrition coaching services and testing services that Bob and I offer, head over to energyperformance.com, E-N-R-G-performance.com, or nutritionmechanic.com to read about our companies and our testing and nutrition coaching services. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only.